Hi and welcome to The Final Whistle. This episode is brought to you by Knowledge Partner at East Cohen University and powered by PSB Academy. ECU's Sports Science Program is internationally recognised and PSB Academy is the only approved higher education institute partner. And dear listeners, if you or your loved ones have just completed your N and O levels and you are looking at furthering your studies, do take note that the PSB Academy Virtual Open House will be held on 27th March. More details on that later on in our episode. So Kabir, what do you know about sports science? Not much. Um, I follow a lot of sports and I've realised that in the past decade or so, sports science has been at the forefront of most major sports and the success that comes with it. It's definitely an important part of sports as a whole now. Um, that's all I know. <laughs> so we'll find out more today. Over the course of the next few months, we are going to be releasing a series of episodes that will revolve around sports science, fitness and conditioning. With the help of ECU and PSB Academy, we hope to equip us and our listeners with better knowledge of how sports science works in a football context. We will try to find out what our local club's approach to sports science and whether we are doing enough to help maximise performance and endurance in preparation for matches while lessening the risk of injury. And with us today on the first episode of this series, we have Vice Chairman and Team Manager of Balestia Khalsa FC, Darwin Jalil, along with some new members of their backroom staff, Ong and Annabelle. Hi guys, welcome to our show today. How are you? Hi, well, thank you for having us here. I think uh, it brings great pleasure to share what we have done at Balestia and we look forward to this uh, interview. I'm really good. Um, I'm really excited and my name is Annabelle and um, we our time there has been really great. So, yeah, I'm um I'm very happy to be here and very glad to be doing the podcast here. Thanks for coming. Um, firstly, Darwin, would you like to tell us about your roles and resp- responsibilities at the club? Okay, so basically, I serve uh in the club as a vice chairman and uh, a secondary role of team manager. So I look after the team's welfare, uh, off the field, um. Yeah, so in a nutshell, anything got to do with the team uh, across all squads will be my responsibility. Okay, so before we get into the episode proper, right, could you just tell us how big the backroom staff is at Balestia and like what these roles are? Okay, so basically, um, many roles in, in, in clubs are similar because these are roles subsidised by the FA. Uh, so typically, we have the head coach um, and most clubs have assistant coach uh, while the rest don't. Uh, there's a fitness coach that's attached to the first team. And then um, there'll be the goalkeeper coach, the fi- uh, sports trainer, um, physiotherapist. Um, that essentially makes the first team. And then subsequently, you've got uh, roles in the younger teams, under 21, under 17, and under 15, uh, which are similar. The fitness coach and uh, the goalkeeper coach and all that. Yeah. So when it comes to sports science, um, why do you think this is important to have at your club? And why don't other clubs follow suit? Okay, so this thing about sports science, uh, sports science go way back. My first conversation with Ramesh, I think back in 2016. Uh, and then we sat down in 2017 to work when then I was with uh, Eunice Crescent Football Club. Uh, what I've noticed throughout my time in football, which is not very long, uh, compared to many of the veterans in the game, um, is that the level of fitness and the injury level in Singapore is relatively very high and majorly due to the playing surface that we play. Uh, while most leagues around the region are playing on grass, we are playing on AstroTurf. So that will then um, translate to higher risk of injuries, um, more impact on their, their limbs, their knees, their ankles. Um, and without 
spot signs or having to know more about the athlete will then lead to higher risk and lower and also shortening the lifespan of these uh, careers of these players. So, okay, when it comes to fitness works, right, do you have someone dedicated to just doing that? Yes, uh, at Valencia, we have uh, two fitness coaches. Uh, one is Rosman, who is in charge of uh, the first team. Rosman is a former player, formerly with uh, Home United and also a former national player. The other one would be uh, Leonard Tan, who is taking care of all the youth teams, 21 and below. Uh, so their, their main roles will, will be to look after the, the fitness levels of players and also uh, making the team ready for the mandatory yo-yo test, which is conducted three times a year. Okay, so how has it been uh, with this, um, with sports science? How has it been for the yo-yo test and pre-season and preparation for uh, for tournaments in general? Okay, in, in my point of view, the implementation of this fitness test, whether was it a uh, beep test previously, then to 2.4, and then now yo-yo test, it was introduced to just have a benchmark of the player's standard of fitness, but not much was done to help them uh, other than the, the the traditional way of preparing for a fitness test. Means they, they were not, many aspects were not looked into, especially their rest, their diet, the, the strengthening of certain muscles to help them garner best uh, outcomes for their fitness test. So in terms of um, preparing for games, do you, do you think that you have um, the upper edge uh, over the other clubs in the league when it comes to sports science and all that? Okay, sports science is not a miracle drug that can um, give you instant result. Mm. But what we feel is that with the implementation of sports science, the players become more aware, which means they now will understand that their particular group of muscles can maybe only function from previously 70 minutes in a game to now 80 to 85 minutes. So these are the metrics that we look at in terms of the help where we brought in sports science to analyze and also to further improve the performance. But this does not necessarily mean that the team is uh, generally fitter, but at least the players become more aware of their well-being as players. What about performance-wise? Does that translate on the pitch? Um, do your players... Okay, like endurance-wise, yes, you, you see it. But performance-wise, do they reach the... Their, ability, their full abilities. Okay, so I think this boils down a lot to their focus, their mental strength, and also... That's also a sport science. Yeah, right? that's also part 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 of what we encompass in sport science uh, for mental preparation for games and all that. So yes, it does. Will, it, will, it will definitely help them to be more focused in the game and translating to better performances. But most importantly for the players themselves is to be receptive and accept what the club implement for them, for them, you know, because you see, football in Singapore for many, many years, this is something, it has always been there, but it's not very strongly emphasized on. Why do you think that's the case? Uh, okay, when we look at football or a sport holistically, um, we always think about performances on the field. We always think of results. We always think of uh, the attractiveness of the game. But what goes on behind to achieve these uh, milestones are things that locally we do not have access to and also not a lot of emphasis or what I say budget being set aside from the top down for for to adopt this kind of uh, measures. Yeah. Uh, has there been any pushback from players? Do they find it necessary? Of course, in everything new that we implement, they will have players who, you know, try their luck and 
the biggest what do you what do you mean by trying their luck i mean okay we 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 prescribe a training schedule for them we 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 give them a a, a program for their rehab and all that but the minute we take our eyes off they will try to uh skip a step turn a corner you know and this is the biggest challenge that i face because the mindset of the players especially uh those who have been in the system long they think that you know there are always of probably just go if i get injured i go and see one pachi and urut and then you know all that you know but that that does that does work yeah, yeah, yeah. Time, right? it does, but you see the 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 thing is that they do not understand what went wrong when you see a a a masseuse and a masseuse tells you it's okay i'll just rub you for 10 minutes you can play the next game for 45 minutes again again you know yeah. <laughs> they will just give you like a very generic explanation to what mm. went wrong so what happens is accumulation these injuries were not addressed it get accumulated and then it led to can be career ending injuries yeah so what happens with sport science is we identify the problem early we treat the problem and then we try to help them maintain uh that 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 problem area and eventually hope to help them recover by constantly giving them improved programs can you share with us what is the what are the usual practices when a player has a discomfort or an injury okay so basically uh, Sorry, is this um, in a game before, or in training before and after you have uh, you've in- implemented sport science okay so before sport science basically in a game typically a uh, player gets injured our sports trainer goes in and most of the time in singapore contact sports trainer are just uh, first aiders uh with aed certification with the magic spray with the magic spray <laughs> and then uh go in and see a swell and say okay um i'll just wrap you up and then you know ask for a substitution or else if it's a bit major the doctor will come in and the doctor will say just look at it swelling or oh, maybe fracture you know there is no real assessment because doctors at games today are gps you know so when they see something they would assume and then the players would then have to go to hospital to get a full investigation yeah so and in 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 training is similar when we have something and then we we refer so this also affects in terms of the coverage that we get in terms of insurance policies and all that so when they go to to fulton healthcare and then the assessment is usually done by people who are not sport specialists so they treat every swelling like every other swelling even if you hurt yourself in a kitchen a footballer is getting the same kind of assessment So this is where we at Balestier felt over the years that you know we had enough of this because um it also goes back to the history of the club. So Balestier have not always been the biggest spending club. Neither do we have the biggest budget to sign big names. But what we have always been successful is grooming young players. So it's apt that if we groom young players and at this club we emphasize the fact that uh, sport size is important. and it as is at the start of their professional journey in football they will then carry this through to the bigger clubs that they go eventually that's that's a nice uh, segue to my next question there have been many success stories of lower division clubs using sport science for success do you think it's possible here do you think it's possible at balestier okay at balestier is is moving things are moving thanks to these two that uh, we've 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 brought in uh i think the players of course the first one two weeks were a bit you know where you bring kids to tell me what to do and yada 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 you know but today i think the the players are very very uh receptive to what they have implemented and i can see that the players are enjoying themselves 
previously at the club when we tell them report in uh, running shoes, everybody were like, oh, tomorrow take MC. <laughs> or, you know. But today when we tell them report in running shoes, all of them are very excited because you see, when they go for fitness certification at AFC level, it is very dry. The fitness coaches that's produced from, from that system are following the set of um, teachings that, that is based on the requirement to pass to be a fitness coach. But what these two brings to the table is a very different approach away from football. So they do things, they do drills which are not very football-centric. So players find it refreshing which is away from what they traditionally do in training. Okay, so now you mentioned these two and these two just fist bump themselves. Like, just had a little <laughs> fist bump moment there. So now actually I'm very interested to ask like, why have you guys decided on getting interns on board the team? Okay, so I've had this conversation with Ramesh for a long, long time. Uh, trying to explore PSB's involvement into the game. And of course, uh, they also on their own have tried to work with FA and all that for the longest time. And I think it's, it's a different part where we actually take the leap of faith and engage them and bring this to reality rather than just discussions. Because a lot of time people talk about sports science thinking they know what is sports science till the day they implement it at the daily level of, the, of, of training and all that, then they realized it's not as easy as what we think it is. Even for myself, today I have to put in, uh, just a couple of days ago, I have to, I have to put aside an hour to, to review what they do and to understand the difficulties that they face and how I can help to, to bridge that with the players and the coaches. Because certain things, we feel that, you know, we have got, to, we have got a, a fixed schedule of how training should be like. And the sad part about Singapore football is training is two hours means I put in work for two hours. They don't put in the additional work before and after to rehab, to get their strengthening done, to actually put themselves in a better state as a professional footballer. Now, how has everyone around the club benefited from these students? Okay, very first of all, I mean, the club just got uh, a lifeline, you know. Usually, it's uh, the same old faces and then suddenly we have two very young, energetic people joining us. Uh, for the old ones, it's a bit hard to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> all with, the, with, with all the fist bumping. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. For, for the young ones, uh, it's always, and of course, having a, a, a female uh, colleague is always very vibrant amongst boys. You know, they tend to be more self-aware and, you know, uh, cautious in their behaviour. That's good, right? Yeah, which is a good thing. <laughs> which is a good thing to me. You know, because you see, I have always think that football today is no longer a single sex game. A lot of women are getting involved in the game and it's an approach which we at the club strongly encourage because we want to have football as a career and a community and not just a game for gentlemen. I know you're saying that, right? But like, exactly, I want to know in specific, like when it comes to the players... What are their roles like? How do they how do they um, apply whatever they've learned in school to your to the club to the players in general? How do, how 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 do they apply to it? Okay, you mean the two of them applying? Okay, so basically, what we do in a daily uh, basis is we start the training with them taking the warm ups. We take uh, and they also will also do some uh, drills to prepare them to trigger muscles for their training, and then that is done on a daily basis. And once, as soon as they are done, the, the team reach a certain optimal level of uh, startup, they hand over the team to the coaches, which will then do 
their football drills, their attacking, their set pieces or whatever. And then after that, these two of them will then go on to the side to treat players who are recovering from injuries uh, and also players who potentially might turn injured in in uh, because of the, the load of training. Yeah, so what, what, what they both offer is actually a variable load to training program because traditionally, if you just do, say, uh, football training with boots, uh, it might not help the players that are at risk. And in fact, what they do is they observe and they feel if they feel that players who are not up to scratch, they'll pull them out and then work on a certain uh, individual uh, muscle group for them. Okay, so going back to what you said when you brought in these interns and the players were not uh, buying into the idea, why are you getting interns in instead of full-time sports scientists? Okay, I mean, this is the reality. Uh, the money in football is not big, especially uh, in a club like us. So every help is uh, required. So to me, is the very first thing is to introduce a culture uh, to, of self-awareness through sports science. And then we felt the best app to do that is with um, looking at interns because first of all, they are closer in terms of age group because a lot of young players at my club. Then secondly, it's also give a platform for the students to actually exercise what they learn. And truth to be told, there are not many sports scientists in Singapore because it's relatively new. And a lot of them are, not many of them are full-time employed with, with organizations unless you are in hospitals or in, in, in certain uh, schools. But across the board, it is not something that you have got fitness coaches qualified fitness coaches lined up everywhere. You don't have uh, sports scientists who are specific to football uh, available all around. Right. So, um, it's, I think it's time to bring in the two interns. Um, Annabelle, Ong, um, can you tell us more about yourself? What are your backgrounds and why do you choose um, sports science? So, uh, I used to live in London and I moved here four years ago in, uh, to Singapore and I chose PSB to follow a career in sports science and rehab uh, because um, I personally suffered two big injuries, so two ACLs, uh, one in actually when I was playing for, uh, for my school team uh, in football uh, as a center back. And um, what inspired me to go into sports science is that whole psychological um, coupled with physiological rehab um, back to uh, an active lifestyle. Okay, so what were you doing before sports science, before PSB Academy? Before, um, I was playing a lot of sports. I was playing in basketball, softball, grass hockey. Um, so I was very, very active and also in the gym. And But these two injuries, I guess, really was the pinnacle of what turned me into uh, looking at rehab as such a important part of you know, everybody's life, whether it's sedentary or um, an athlete. Right, that's awesome. Ong, what about you? What's your background and why do you choose PSB Academy? Okay, um, I'm from Myanmar. And um, that's a funny story because I I was actually con um, um, registered to join another college in Singapore. But I was at a, at a fair, at like education fair to represent their school. But I saw a PSB booth and I saw, I was I was planning to join business. But I saw a P PSB booth and they have something called sport. Then I just caught my eye. That that just caught my eyes. That I went there to ask, is this still available? Can I still make it in time? 
Then um, just one or two days before my flight to Singapore, I, I got my student pass and I got into PSB, so which was lucky. And um, the reason I chose sports instead of other uh, degrees is because I also had ACL uh, injury. But back in Myanmar, these injuries, these ACL, MCL, these things are not... I, I didn't even know that this is ACL. This is big. So I just, I couldn't tell my uh, parents also because they don't want me to play football. They just want me to So you got the injury on, from playing football? Yes, I did a bicycle kick oh, and okay, I dropped. Wow. Then, yeah, that was my best. At least you tried. <laughs> you tried. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's a good story to tell everyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I always had, had a dream to become a professional footballer. But after this, and I couldn't play for one and a half year, then, you know, my uh, endurance level and everything, they were out of momentum. And I, so all I can do by that time was to join something with sport, to fix, uh, to not let anyone from Myanmar to have the same thing happen. Uh, I mean, that happened to you. Sorry. Yeah, what happened to me. So that, that's my motivation to join sports science. And I didn't know, when I first joined the first class, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, now that I got these internship and these are uh, um, the as assessment that are done in the lab, I slowly get the picture that, okay, this is where I'm going. Okay, this is what I can do in the future. This is how this, this uh, internship will help me in uh, some way in a job that I can get in Myanmar. When you were saying when you were saying that um, you don't want this same thing to happen to your other um, cit uh, citizens in Myanmar, how is the sports science scene in Myanmar? How is it like? Um, they would they don't even consider that as science related topic. So in Myanmar, uh, football is their dominant sport, but it's just like uh, Darwin said, it's just game. Football is just a game. They don't see as a any um like like a venture or business uh or a career community. yeah or like a career or those things. What about the professional league? Is there sports science there? there, there the national there's team? a professional league and uh there are coaches in the league, but I don't think they have something specific called sports science or. So uh, it's, it's quite not very similar popular. to the scene in Singapore. Singapore has. Uh, a, a more levels <laughs> higher than Myanmar, yeah. So, uh, Annabelle, can you maybe tell us what are your daily tasks at the club? Daily. So, I get there about, we get here about 30 minutes before um, practice starts and we just be checking with players that we were treating before, so um, previously a few days, or um, checking in with the team just to see, okay, does uh, from previous practices, oh, are you tight here or um, do, you, do you need to be taped up uh, for this particular practice because, oh, your body's tired from uh, overuse or, or possibly because you didn't sleep well. Um, so a lot of, uh, at the beginning, it's, it's a lot of checking in and then towards uh, maybe 15 minutes into that, uh, so 15 minutes before practice starts, um, we try to encourage players to act, do activation on their own. So it'd be using resistance bands or uh, certain exercises that um, would help them uh, before warm-up because, you know, everybody's body is different. And so we, are, we conduct one main warm-up, but maybe someone has hip flexor issues. So we want to 
engage more of the glutes and the core so that you you have more of a balance before really going into football training game. So do you center your uh, maybe warm-ups or your uh, methods? I, uh, do you call it methods? Do you center it around football or is it just a separate thing entirely? Um, it's a bit of a mix because uh, at the beginning, we really want to just get the blood moving around the, the system so that muscles are, are uh, getting pumped up with, you know, the sufficient energy. And then we move into more of dynamic stretching because, you know, set, there are a lot of controversies around stretching, but we just want to, again, keep the joints getting their full range of motion um, and to uh, give the players an opportunity to identify once they're starting moving, okay, can they really start training or is it better to have an off day and uh, focus on something else that's more specified in strength conditioning? Um, and then uh, towards the end of the warm-up, it's more football orientated. So we get lower to the ground. Um, we do a lot of stability exercises, a lot of traveling in different directions. And then Ang picks out a few exercises that are more team-based and still incorporating stability um, and speed and agility um, to really resemble more of a football experience because uh, warm-up is not only about getting the body moving, it's also to dedicate, um, to practice the same movements, but in a more controlled setting to prep the body enough so that there's prevention of injury. Okay, so we've had like many guests on our podcast who have come on and said that, you know, they were talking about their injuries and rehab processes and stuff. Um, and they've pre pretty much voiced about how having a specialist is key. Do you guys agree with that? I think so. Because um, the specialist knows exactly, you know, um, what is happening in the body. Um, from my courses, uh, like the studying anatomy and physiology, now being able to apply it in the internship, um, I can really visualize, okay, the reason why this is happening is possibly because of these imbalances. And that has helped with exercise prescription and um, specified uh, rehab plans in that way. Um, what do you think? Um, I think if, if a, uh, a specialist is higher in area I think it's better because it's more relatable and it's specific and it gets to the point that uh okay um it's not just for injury it's also for warm-up like uh if uh let's say I I my favorite sport is um hockey or rugby but I'm hired to do a football specific warm-up then um I would ask them to do running and chasing tag game right but since this is a football specific and I'm also, uh, I used to play football also, I can, I, I know the drills, the football drills. I know the football games like rondos, monkey games, tag game, uh, tic-tac-toe, those things, which the players enjoy more rather than running around. So these uh, training training methods or your warm-up sessions, um, when it comes to football-centric uh, methods, is that something you learn at PSB or is that something that comes with experience? In PSB, they uh we have so many courses like uh for football specific uh we would say something like coaching, so in in our assessment we did uh we we did coach our friends which we know but on the first day that we uh work at uh Balestia Casa we were handling twenty five 
to 30. 25 to 30 uh, strangers who, who are professional players. So we, we just uh, spread everyone around and do some stretching. But after a few days and a few weeks, then we know that, okay, these players, they want to run more. Some players want to run less or some player doesn't, they are not, uh, their muscles are not activated yet. So we will, we'll put something in front before the game. We'll do some stretching, then a game, then we do stretching, then a more fun game. Sometimes we put some competitive uh, games, which the players enjoy more. So this is not taught in PSB, but um, this is something already included in the theory of uh, uh, coaching. And psychology as well. And psychology. How did the place initially take to you guys though? Um, well, we both came in and we, we were very on the observing side at the beginning. Um, we would ask questions to the coaches about, okay, so what is the dynamic um, between each player? And um, we just wanted to, to take in the team's um, emotional and psychological uh, mood and, and see, okay, these are the connections. Um, and, and after observing that for maybe a couple of days, um, we both started integrating more into the team and trying to understand their personal goals and where they wanted to go with football and their personal fitness, um, and all the and all the per, other peripheral topics such as nutrition, um, sleep, and how to juggle between being a pro footballer and lifestyle. Did anyone like how how did they like? I actually want to know if you had any funny stories with the players like. Did any of them, like, you know, initially give you the side eye or something? Like, was there any animosity of some sort? Do you guys, like, coming in? They were definitely really, really open. But we uh, we could really see that there was somewhat of... Um, some were a bit more resistant uh, than others. But I think it was because um, we were very new. Uh, it was very new... Uh, ideology to bring in these um quite young people but with uh experience already but after a few days they they saw okay they know their stuff um and and our credibility in their eyes grew so so on what about you any challenges when you came in to ballester um i would say the timing was a bit hard for us because the 30 25 to 30 players includes Half of them includes uh, trial players and, or U21 players. So they, they are not sure. Well, we are not sure that they will be on the first team or not. So um, Is there a difference in uh, warm-up or no, no, training no, method? No, we do the warm-up for everyone. Oh, okay. Yeah, but but what I meant is um, we are not sure which players is stay. our focus. Yeah, which players are going to stay. So how do the young and old um, players react, dif- react okay, to your um, methods? So, for senior players, I would say senior players. They're, okay, sorry, senior players. <laughs> There's six or seven senior players. So um, honestly, uh, they were not very uh, accepting us. Receptive. They, they're, not, they're, they're not very receptive. Um, but we come up with a plan that, okay, when we do the warm-up, we will tell them to lead each line. So we, we do the... We split uh, the team into three lines yeah, so that so, it's more ordered and we have that mentality from the go of our warm-up and into training that, you know, you're here for a purpose. Your spot is not... Uh, is, is precious, right? So you want to value that spot that you've 
earned on the team. And we want to instill that from the warm-up. So we want to give order, but keep the atmosphere light and fun. <laughs> so uh, when it comes to you know local football scene, we know, I, I have to be honest, we know facilities are not at the, are not the top level. When you came in and then you look at these facilities at the clubs, was there a bit of a surprise for, for you guys? Or were, there, were the things that you needed to carry out your, your training methods there? Mm, uh, the first, not, not the first, the, when we went to uh, Tobayo Station, uh, Tobayo Stadium, <laughs> Station. Uh, <sorry. laughs> Tobayo, uh, Stadium, <laughs> uh, it was a gym session. But the first gym session was not indoor. It's outdoor. Yep. But uh, the we were like we were a bit surprised because it's it's uh named as gym session, but it, it was done outside. But then uh, after a few days, they move inside and we open some music and it becomes more like a gym. So it was like a a big quick shift. a big shift for us to adjust. Yeah, but I, I was not surprised. Yeah. Oh, what about um facilities wise when it comes to recovery? You know. All the top top class, they, they have all these facilities like the jacuzzi, the hot tubs and everything. Is that important to for recovery and rehab and all that? Um. So when I came first to the club and saw the facilities, it actually um made me feel really excited because uh, I'm quite an in- ingenious person. So I like to just use the resources that are on site uh, it, to the best of their abilities. So, um, it, it, it did not phase me at all. And, uh, it means that you are able to become more flexible in the way that you view, uh, how things should be done. Which um, is also a challenge for you guys and will build your experience. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think it was a, I don't think we should view it as a challenge. I think we should view it as a way to, as you said, grow and then, um, be able to familiarize with different situations in a very much quicker setting. Okay, so one of the recent news that we've seen, right, is FAS's deal with Fit Together, which is basically a fitness wearable tech. And Darwin, you can hop on this as well. Um, how do you think this will help Balestia? Okay, so basically for Balestia, it's not a new thing. We've been on uh, Player Tech Plus by Catapult for two years now. This is our third year wearing. So I think the matrix uh, garnered from these devices is very important for the people, the sports scientists, the fitness coaches to then translate it to training plans for them to further improve their fitness and also their well-being as players. Uh, to me, wearables are important. I mean, to which uh, extent is then up to us on how we use the data that we get from that. And how do you use the data? How do you analyze it? At Balestia, what we do is um, very first point right after the game, maybe two, three hours, we will get the fitness coach to extract the data from the devices after sync into the our computers. We will then forward them the, the team stats in terms of distance covered, the heat maps, um, the, the heart rate monitor readings and all that. So immediately after the game, if they say, they we win, we can understand that how much distance we covered for us to reach that level. And then if we lose the game, then we also can understand why we lost, where which areas we, we missed out in the field based on the heat, the heat map reading and also 
um, some players who did not push themselves enough um, that led to a goal, like us considering a goal or, or you know, this kind of uh, situation base. So there's a lot of things which more than meets the eye because a player might look bulky but he's actually uh, very fit running to his potential versus a player who might look very nippy but he's actually overdriving himself. So these are our are, are, are matrix which we garner that further help us understand the player, one. Number two, translate to us understanding our game better. How do you, what do you guys think? I mean, for them, they are new. They, they have not used this. So yeah, this the season have not started. But I think they have an opinion on that. Yeah, um, because we are, consi- we are, sometimes we are called sports scientists. There's a science behind. In science, there are two things, qualitative and quantitative data. Like quant- qualitative, quant- quantitative, like these uh, numbers, kilometer, how much? Ma- um, how many kilometers did they run? Uh, did they put all the effort for these or qualitative data like um these what we see and uh, how the player feel like phys- uh, psychology part and all those things. So this uh this wearable data, the tracking everything, they fall into the qualitative, uh, quantitative uh data part. So we can use that data to analyze because you you see um for we can focus on one player and see how he does. But for 25, 30 players, it's really hard. And with the technology, with the device, we can see the records are all there. We can just go and uh, browse and check whether they are doing well or not. Yeah. We can also um, use the data to see whether um, an, a player could be become injured or become, uh, um, have overused type injuries. That's what, uh, like Darwin said, um, one player is overly running, uh, other players are underly running, and then it will also help with uh, tactics uh, on, on the field and how we can try to rebalance that to prevent uh, overuse injuries further down the season. How important is it for you to be able to apply what you've learned at PS- PSB Academy um, on, on a daily basis? extremely important because um, what you learn at PSB is the dry um, bones of what we're executing at Bastyr every day. We learn about physiology and the cardiovascular system um, and other systems around the body but and then the anatomy. Um, but at Bastyr, we take everything that we've learned, um, either it's soft skill or hard skill that was found in classes, and we put it into a completely different setting. Um, and in that way, it pushes us to be uh, better trainers and better sports scientists because we, we're we always faced with a different situation. Um, and again, that, that uh, we draw on the knowledge that we've gotten from PSB, but we also think on our toes from other um, sources of information um, and experiences to try to best cater, you know, a, a plan for a player. What about you, Ong? Um, the BSB Academy, they they will teach all the theory that we need, but to apply that to the real-life situation, we need something like this internship. And I'm very thankful that Balestia Castle chose us exactly, and yeah. gave us the opportunity to do that. And uh, and as of as for someone who wants to become a coach one day, uh, I'm I'm there as a coach, but 
my eyes are on the head coaches also, like how they speak, how they communicate to the players, uh, how the player respond to them. And so, yeah, it's, it's not just, uh, it's not just that I'm coaching other people. Other player around me is also coaching me. I'm learning also. Yeah. And just, sorry, just to add as well, um, sports science is such a big career and, uh, and a very vague in a sense, a uh, term because you make your, you as a sports scientist can decide what type of sports scientist you'd like to be. Um, so Ang has taken more of the role of coaching and as being a sports scientist with the same knowledge as I have. And I've taken more of a rehabilitative um, one-on-one type uh, way of helping the players as I've, uh, I would like to pursue a career in physiotherapy at a later date. So um, I'm very fortunate enough that Ballastier has trusted both of us in um, our own specific specialities to really come at the players in in the most uh, advantageous and positive directions. Yeah, like they're yin yeah. and yang. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if I may jump in here, what they've discovered this week is something very intriguing. And of course, this has got to do with the way they've been taught in PSB, which I thought was a very interesting fact that we wouldn't deny we always start games very slow. So every every everybody who watch Balestier games, we have got a very good uh, strike force, but our defense, I mean, last season, and also we start games always conceding early goals and all that. So they were sharing with me their finding, saying that the players in warm-up only push to up to 20% of their ability when they were running through the, the, the phases of warm-up. So this will this then led to us analyzing it and say that hey, this could be the problem why we start games slow. Because their body were not ready. So we've only through this engagement and you know, coaches and, and fitness coaches will just say, I do the same thing with game in, game out. What's the difference? But the analogy of what the players do can only derive from their input. So I'm I'm very thankful for that that they've shared with me. And I think this season. Uh, given that we've we've known this as a problem, and possibly uh, identifying the 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 thing that we missed out uh, could help us prepare games better in in the coming season. Mm. And with that, we thank you for coming, and we look forward to seeing your hard work and what hard work translate to the pitch in the coming season. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you really. This episode is brought to you by Knowledge Partner Edith Cohen University and powered by PSB Academy. ECU's sports science program is internationally recognized and PSB Academy is the only approved higher education institute partner. As we mentioned earlier on, the PSB Academy virtual open house will be held on 27th March. With your N and O level certifications, you can complete your degree within four years. And if you are a polytechnic graduate, you will be able to get exemption directly to year two and complete your degree in just 16 months. Go on this link now to get your module exemptions and rebates at openhouse.psb-academy.edu.sg forward slash March 2021.